Lamar Jackson officially requests a trade from the Baltimore Ravens, and we look at logical landing spots for Lamar, which teams could be in play, what a trade package could look like for Lamar, get into how the Ravens and Lamar got here, and so much more coming up next year on Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back here to Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm here with you, your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. And we're here, as always, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here with us today on Locked On Ravens, making us your first listen each and every day. You can subscribe for free in video form and audio form on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you prefer to get your podcast for daily, five days a week. So Ravens news analysis updates were here for you. So if you want Daily Ravens content, if you know a friend who wants Daily Ravens content, you can throw them our way over here on Locked On Ravens. We put out content as always, and it's been it's been a crazy journey, and it got even crazier with the Lamar Jackson trade request news. So be sure to continue to hit that like button also on YouTube. It helps out a ton and I appreciate all the support, but let's talk about this Lamar situation because, you know, shout out to my man, uh, Braden Howard, who said that he liked Monday's episode, yesterday's episode, because I talked about Lamar for like under a minute. And it was the first time. And I can't even remember how long I didn't talk about Lamar on a show for, you know, probably upwards of a segment, at least it's gonna, we're going to get back to Lamar and we have to, at this point, because Lamar, officially reveals he requests a trade so i'm sorry Braden, and everybody else i have to i have to talk about it again so we'll get into just how the ravens got here first of all with lamar we'll get into the entire situation what lamar said and then look at logical landing spots where lamar could end up if a trade does happen and i just want to preface just because a trade request was put out by lamar does not mean a trade is going to happen and especially not happen recently you know it could come in the very far future, not necessarily in, in the near future. So we'll talk about the spots. And we just did a top landing spots episode for Lamar last week. So we're doing another one here this week. So we'll do that. Then in the second segment, we'll look into what this means for the Ravens offseason. Because we've talked a little bit about like different paths and different scenarios for the Ravens. If there is a Lamar trade, if he stays. But now that there's this trade request, how does it change how Baltimore operates and how they've already been operating? And how does it shed light on what they've been doing this offseason? Then in the final segment, we'll move a bit into what the Ravens can do with their roster right now, kind of piggybacking off of that second segment. We'll look at some box drafts on Twitter also if we have the time as well. So tons of content. Let's uh, let's dive into the Lamar. It's almost Lamar Jackson for the show every single day, and this will be a Lamar Jackson-filled episode. Again, uh, we're locked on Lamar here. So first of all, about Monday morning, Lamar puts out a letter to his fans, and I'll read it out here. He says, letter to my fans, I want to first thank you all for all the love and support you consistently showed towards me. All of you are amazing, and I appreciate you all so much. I want you all to know to not believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions. And he goes on to say, in regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone that has met me or been around me knows I love the game of football. My dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You all are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again, Truz, and then a link to his uh, 
his fan page as <laughs> a little cherry on top there. So just a, a brutal notification for Ravens fans to get. You know, it's it's a situation that's been ongoing, this Lamar thing, and it, it feels kind of crazy that we're here. I mean, the fact that Lamar Jackson has requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens, it's not just like talking heads going at it and saying, well, could he, could he not? This actually did happen. March 2nd, about three weeks ago, this happened before the Ravens gave him a non-exclusive franchise tag, before free agency started. And to me, this is, <laughs> I talked about, we did a live stream reacting to the, uh, to the news yesterday and the last five minutes my audio was all funky i think my computer started to overheat and my computer fan started worrying and my mic didn't know whether to pick up the fan noise or my voice so it decided to do both and it made it all wonky the first 35 minutes great but you know I'm, I'm, i apologize for those technical difficulties technology is still not my friend by the way but in that stream and you can check it out it's you know audio form video it's there the replay i said that this is exactly what i was saying where this whole situation would impact what the Ravens did in free agency or what they are able to do in free agency. We have seen that. And the fact that we now know that this request came before the non-exclusive franchise tag and free agency, which just adds 10 other different layers onto the situation. And to me, the, the one of the worst case scenarios was going into free agency with no resolution. And here we are. And, and now it feels like was a non-exclusive franchise tag an opportunity to give Lamar a chance to find an offer sheet an opportunity to find a trade partner. And in that situation, it takes three to tango. It takes the Ravens, it takes Lamar, and it takes a team. Now, the Ravens don't necessarily have to trade Lamar to, you know, a, a team of his absolute choosing. I'm, I'm sure they're gonna, they could potentially work together on something. Obviously, if there's an offer sheet signed, the Ravens have an opportunity to match that and let them walk for the two first-round picks. But there are quarterback needy teams that were maybe quarterback needy three weeks ago that aren't quarterback needy now, you know, like the Raiders with Jimmy Garoppolo, like the commanders who have said they're out because they have Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell. Now the list dwindles, and I'm not saying there aren't any logical landing spots. There are, we'll talk about them. But to me, it just feels like, as I've said all off season, something has to give here. The thing, this doesn't change necessarily everything in the situation there's still opportunities for Lamar to return to Baltimore everything gets smoothed over we'll talk a bit about that in the second segment but it just give, it gives everybody an idea of what's been going on behind the scenes and I think a lot of people just wanted clarity because there's been so much unknown and so much has been left up to the imagination and there have been all these narratives that have been getting run with by the national media and all these narratives that have been putting out by everyone and not not everybody knew it was true or not. Really, barely anybody did outside of Lamar. And then John Harbaugh, he, he put this tweet out, like, right as John Harbaugh was sitting down to talk to reporters at the owners' meetings. John Harbaugh was caught off guard, said he didn't see the tweet, but reiterated that, you know, he loves Lamar. He's anticipating going into the season with Lamar as his quarterback. He's monitoring the situation very closely, obviously. And then Sashi Brown, the team's president, said, you know, kind of echoed what John Harbaugh said and said, you know, they're, they're working and, you know, they love Lamar. So this is this is by no means over. Just because Lamar requests a trade does not mean it's going to happen. But I think it adds pressure in the situation and, and applies pressure into what could happen next. So in terms of actual logical landing spots, again, I, I kind of did this on last week's show. I have the handy-dandy uh, salary cap table up here from over the cap. And right now the Bears still have the most cap space in the league, 38.4 million. The Ravens standing right around 6 million after the signing of Nelson Aguilar, 6.1 million, but teams that make sense to me in terms of who could trade for Lamar. And this isn't an, it's an order of cap space, not an order of likelihood or fit. Even if there's a very, very small likelihood 
I think teams like potentially the Panthers, the Lions, the Texans, the Falcons, the Colts, the Patriots, the Jets, the Titans, maybe the Dolphins, the 49ers. That would have to come after the draft, though, because they don't have first-round picks at the moment. And, yeah, I mean, th- those are the teams. Maybe the Vikings is maybe a very dark horse. Now, teams like the Panthers have the number one overall pick. That seems pretty unlikely, even though they have $27 million. Obviously, their GM has come out and said they're focused on the quarterback. So, to me, you know, if you're talking, like, who are the teams that are probably the least likely logical spots, the Panthers with that number one overall pick probably aren't going to make a big play for him. I mean, at this point, the Jets seem pretty all in on Aaron Rodgers. So, I wouldn't necessarily have that i mean do, do the packers just do a crazy trade and trade rogers of the jets then turn around and trade for lamar no they're rolling with jordan love it that's what they're gonna do but i mean teams that actually make more logical sense i mean the patriots apparently meek mill texted robert Kraft saying that lamar told him he wants to be a, a patriot and, and robert Kraft says that's up to bill belichick so we found out we found ken francis it's meek mill but I guess Meek Mill is a Philly man and Ken Francis is a Florida man. So it doesn't quite add up there. But again, I've talked about the Colts and a lot of people have as a pretty logical landing spot there. The Lions, Matt Derry of Locked On Lions, I talked to a couple of days ago for Locked On NFL. Doesn't feel like that's going to happen. But I mean, Lions, you know, could be a potential landing spot there for sure. I mean, you could also look to a team, maybe like the Falcons, who I know right now it's Desmond Ritter. And I mean, I think they like him over there, but it's Lamar Jackson. We're talking about, they have 21 million in cap space. So then it becomes like, what, what does the package become? Because obviously we're talking offer sheet versus actual trade. Lamar can still be actually traded on the franchise tag. It's just pretty rare that something like that happens. I mean, if the Ravens were to let, let Lamar walk for those two firsts after an offer sheet gets signed elsewhere and they don't match, I've said it, that'd be a pretty bad mismanagement of the situation by the Ravens. And I don't think this has been necessarily hand, handled very well by both the Ravens or Lamar. I think there's definitely fault on both sides here in, in multiple different aspects. I think both sides could have definitely done stuff a little better. But now you're looking at a situation where if you have this linger into the draft and past the draft, what does that do to your trade package? Because at that point, if you're trading Lamar to a team before the season starts, let's just say the draft happens, the Ravens take out a corner or wide receiver or whatever. And then two months later in June or something, July, right before training camp starts, they trade Lamar to, I, I use the Colts example, where if you trade him to the Colts before the draft, you get the fourth pick, you get 2024 first, at least is that's the offer sheet. And then if it's an actual trade, you can get more on top of that. Well, if the Ravens trade Lamar to the Colts after the draft, that fourth pick is gone. That fourth pick is used on somebody. Maybe it is a quarterback and the Colts are out on the situation, but maybe it's somebody else. And then you get a couple of high 20s picks because Lamar, I think, makes the Colts very competitive and they're not going to be in that fourth spot in 2024. So to me, this is just throwing a wrench in the entire Ravens offseason. And coming up, we'll talk about just how the Ravens can maneuver this while the situation still goes on with a public trade request out there from Jackson. We'll talk a bit about the timing a bit more and a lot more coming up next on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by 
FanDuel and the tournament is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's time today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net all in that the safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. To sign up, make every moment more offended. We are back here, our second segment of Locked On Ravens or Locked On Lamar Jackson, if you want to call it that. I, I would not disagree with you if that's what you feel like this is right now, because it is. Kevin Ostriker still talking with you here, talking Lamar Jackson, obviously, as we do. Lamar requesting that trade back on March 2nd, makes that public, and puts it out right as John Harbaugh sitting down to talk to the media at the NFL owners' meetings and Seemed, I guess, a little blindsided by the whole thing, said he didn't see the tweet, but did reiterate the fact that, you know, he does love Lamar, you know, was asked about if the Ravens will take calls. Now Lamar's requested that trade and he said everybody's talking all the time about everything in, in this league, in the NFL. That's just the way business is done. And also he was asked if he's still building his offense with Lamar in mind. And he said, quote, of course, you, you prepare for all the contingencies, but you build a great offense for your players. That's what you do when Lamar's under contract. And of course, that's the guy I want to see be our quarterback. That's my guy. We made a decision to go with Lamar five years ago. Why? Because we love him. We love him. We love the way he plays. We love his mindset, his charisma, his style, the way he is in the locker room, everything about him. We love him. And that's been the tone from the Ravens organization, from the Ravens players, from the coaches, from the the general manager, from everybody. Lamar is loved in that organization. And the way that Lamar's tweet was worded the tweets were worded this did not seem to me and i don't think it seemed to a lot of people like this was an organizational issue for lamar it doesn't seem like you know there's hatred in his heart for the ravens and he he wants out and there's no way i think if the ravens were to say tomorrow or say you know this weekend hey you know what lamar will give you what you want i don't think he would say no I don't want to be here i want to get that somewhere else i think he'd say awesome let's do it let's run let's run it back I think this is a money thing. It's a monetary thing for Lamar. It's not an organizational thing. So when people are talking about, well, now that a trade has been requested, that's it. You know, goodbye, Lamar. Thanks for everything. I I, I say not so fast. I say not so fast because there is still an opportunity. People look back to the Debo Samuel situation last offseason in San Francisco. Debo requests a trade and and ends up signing later that offseason a three-year extension. I think it was three years, but a three-year extension. And obviously, I will say that the Debo situation and the Lamar situation are different. They are different, different positions, different levels of contracts, year-wise, money-wise, fully guaranteed versus non-fully guaranteed. But the sentiment, I guess, remains the same in terms of, well, just because a player requests a trade does not mean all of a sudden that's what it is and, and the player's gone. Now, I will I will look at back at the Ravens' history a little bit because I did tweet out, over the past couple of years here, the Ravens have ended up having some players request trades. I put out just the, you know, the pure facts about what it was and looking at it, 2020 Hayden Hurst, obviously requested trade 2021 was Elena Brown jr. 2022 Marquise Brown and Chuck Clark. And now 2023 Lamar Jackson. Now I want to provide some context with the facts. Hayden Hurst requested a trade because he was unhappy with the role in terms of he lost the number one tight end spot to Mark Andrews and he wanted more playing time. You know, that's not an organizational issue. It's it's Hayden Hurst wanted more playing time. Orlando Brown Jr. wanted to be a left tackle. The Ravens had Ronnie Stanley. They weren't moving Ronnie Stanley. Orlando Brown Jr. requested a trade to play left tackle. That wasn't an organizational issue. That was 
playing time, playing position. That was a playing position issue for Orlando Brown. Marquise Brown had a lot of issues with the offense. I think just the way it was rooted, the way he was involved, you could argue that was an organizational issue because it was a problem with the coach, problem with the coaching staff, problem with the offense. Chuck Clark, because you requested the trade because he pretty much saw his replacements be drafted slash signed. So again, I don't think, I don't think an organizational issue. I think again, just wanting more playing time, wanting a more defined role. And when the Ravens picked up Marcus Williams and drafted Kyle Hamilton, I think he kind of sensed the writing on the wall. And for Lamar, it's money. You know, again, I don't think it's organizational. So I want, I want to provide that context. I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying, well, all these guys are requesting trades because they hate the Ravens. The facts are there. The facts are that the Ravens play have had these players request trades. I'm not disputing those facts, but that, that context is important. So take that how you will. And at the end of the day, in terms of him playing on the franchise tag, John Harbaugh asked about that. He said, I, I don't know. I personally don't think he plays under the franchise tag. I don't think Lamar is one to hold out to hold out, but things change. And I think that at this point, Lamar really, really wants this money. He really wants this guaranteed deal. Again, I referenced his shop appearance with LeBron, where he said that he wants to be a champion. He wants to be a billionaire. It's not surprising he's interesting. He's interested in entering these business ventures. It's not surprising he wants this fully guaranteed. He wants money. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, docking him for that. I'm not saying uh, Lamar's so greedy. I don't think he's greedy, but is engraving said on, on the show last week? We had him on last week. There's this Lamar side and there's this Raven side. And it feels like there is no middle ground for these two sides to agree on. It feels like Lamar is fully entrenched in that fully guaranteed stance. The Ravens are fully entrenched. There's no way we're not giving that to you. And we're not going anywhere close to what you want. And it just feels like that middle ground is non-existent. So that's, what's been frustrating for a lot of people. Definitely. And you talk again, a bit about the timing here. Jeff Darlington had an interesting tweet saying, quote, I'm not saying Lamar did this intentionally. I have no idea. I'm not entirely sure why he would, but it is nothing if not fascinating. Lamar tweeted a three-week-old trade request at literally the moment his head coach sat down in front of 28 reporters and several cameras. A lot of people are calling this a cheap shot from Lamar. A lot of people are not happy with the way Lamar did this in terms of making it, you know, right as Harbaugh sat down. I thought for everything that it was, Harbaugh did handle it well. For literally not knowing he, he sat down and was like, what are you talking about? Like, wh- where'd you find this out? They said, I didn't see the tweet. So in, in that stance, I think that John Harbaugh handled it well, but again, there have been instances where the Ravens organization and Lamar have not handled this well, even dating back to the season, even dating back to the season with the injury mismanagement or the, the, I don't even know what to call it. the, report diagnosis of Lamar where they would not give an accurate diagnosis or at least what a lot of people thought was an untruthful diagnosis slash timeline for Lamar in terms of John Harbaugh going out there and saying, yeah, he'll play again. And then all the narrative started when he wasn't playing about, well, John Harbaugh said that he'd be back. And then all these false narratives started about Lamar. Then Lamar had to come out and clarify it himself. That's another whole, that's a whole nother can of worms. That's a whole nother can of worms, but I'm just saying the vibes have seemed off since about, the middle of last season have not gotten better. Things have gotten toxic. I'm not saying things can't get fixed between the Ravens and Lamar, but this does just seem like months of pent up frustration. Even like even the three year 133 fully guaranteed tweet, that just seems like frustration because Lamar at this point just seems like he's not happy in his current situation because of the fact that the Ravens aren't willing to go 
and give him what he wants. I'm sure there are frustrations on his end with the offense, 100%, but they they fixed that. And a lot of people want to see Lamar in that Todd Munkin offense with a, a full cast of weapons, a veteran wide out, other talented guys who are already there like Rashad Bateman and J.K. Dobbins and Mark Andrews, et cetera. And now that there might be none of that. Lamar could be gone, and we will never be able to see him in Baltimore with a true veteran number one guy and that to me is pretty disheartening and pretty disappointing if that's what it ends up coming down to so coming up on our final segment we'll continue talking about this lamar situation a little bit talking about why this trade request was put out and why it happened when it did and also we'll get into a couple of mock drafts here so be sure to stay tuned so a lot to dive into on locked on ravens but first this episode is brought to you by built bar and the built marsh madness bracket is here we know you have a favorite bar puff and now's your time to make it count go to builtmarshmadness.com to vote for your favorites you know i'll be voting for the brownie batter puff as always and if you want the ravens to win you better be voting for that bar too. support your team support your bar or Puff, when you vote for your favorite bar, Puff, you'll be entered in a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will receive a 12-month subscription to Built to have their Built Best Bars or Puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built. Built the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing. You won't think they're even good for you because they taste that good. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good is for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarshMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar, Puff, and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and spurt your pick. We are back here rounding out a Tuesday edition, Taco Tuesday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker here still talking Lamar Jackson in Ravens, but mostly Lamar Jackson in this episode. And if you like the content here, be sure to subscribe on YouTube and also subscribe for free anywhere you get your podcasts in audio form. Free both video and audio. It's free on YouTube as well. You can like the video as well. It helps the channel grow a ton. And turn notifications on. We went live again yesterday to talk about this instant reaction episode there. So if you want to check that out, I, I engage with chat in those as well. So if you turn notifications on, You'll, t- you'll get notifications when we go live and when these episodes premiere Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern time. But l- let's round out our conversation with Lamar. Then we'll move into some non-Lamar talk and talk about some mock drafts. But to kind of round this out, Just Rebeck had a good point in, in, in an article that he wrote. And I wanted to kind of talk about it because he, he kind of looked at the best fits and who has leverage in the situation between the Ravens and Lamar. And Sarah Ellison highlighted it, the tweet from Jess Rubick, who said, quote, it's worth asking if Lamar Jackson was hearing what he wanted to hear and generating the interest that he wanted, why would he feel the need to go public with a trade demand? Marquise Brown and Hayden Hurst have gotten their trade request branded by doing it privately. Today's moves suggest things aren't exactly going in the right direction. And he or whoever was advising him felt the need to play hardball. And I 100, I agree. I 100% agree. I feel like this happened to put pressure on the market, even to put pressure on the Ravens to get things moving. Because I think what happened was the Ravens gave Lamar the non-exclusive franchise tag after the after the request. And again, a lot of people kind of took that as, okay, now we can go out and see if there's a deal to sign an offer sheet that the Ravens can match. When really, I think what this was is you go out there, try to find a trade partner who would potentially be willing to, on top of the trade package, give you the deal that you want. And I don't think that it has been what he wanted, what he anticipated, what he maybe even expected. And it I don't want to say it's backfired, but I just think it's been disappointing and frustrating for him because obviously he has that number that he feels like he's worth and teams aren't willing to go near that and maybe nowhere near that. Stephen Holder of ESPN, I talked about this on the live show, 
put out a tweet that pretty much said at the owners meetings, what he has heard and from the people he's talked to at the owners meetings, that whatever contract demands Lamar is currently making are absolutely a non-starter. And that's that's pretty significant. Like that's pretty big news. Now, again, we we've heard reports here and reports there about what is what is real, what is not in this situation because it is so, so touch and go with everything. I mean, look, we've we've had Florida men, we've had rappers getting in on this whole. It's been it's been a whirlwind of, and I I made a Ravens bingo card. I put it out on Twitter. It took me a lot longer than I like to admit, but it's just like this off season is like, oh, you wouldn't think this is on your bingo card. You wouldn't think that's on your bingo card. But these reports now, they're starting to come out about like, oh, well, this team isn't interested because of X. This team isn't interested because of Y. It just seems like Lamar's demands right now are things that teams, that owners, that that general managers are not willing to go anywhere near. And again, I don't think it's on Lamar the player totally. I mean, people probably look at Lamar here and say, look, this is a franchise quarterback. But on top of this massive deal, there's a huge trade package or at the minimum two first round picks on an offer sheet. And while Lamar, I think would make a lot of teams better. Like I think Lamar is the Ravens best shot to win a Super Bowl right now. I've said that. I've said that multiple times. I still want Lamar to stay in Baltimore. I still hope there can be a resolution. And again, just because a trade request has been granted or, you know, Lamar said he wants a trade doesn't mean that, okay, trades happening tomorrow or trades happening this weekend. That's not, that's not how it would work. Maybe it happens, but there's no guarantee. There are still opportunities for the Ravens to say, yeah, you know what? We'll get a little closer to your number. And Lamar says, well, maybe the market isn't what I wanted. isn't what I expected. All right. Maybe we can work with this and compromise. There's still that option, but this, this definitely does add pressure and it does feel like things have not necessarily gone Lamar Jackson's way in terms of what he was expecting and what he has wanted on the open market. So I'm not saying the Ravens are victims here. You know, they, again, I think mis- mishandled Lamar's rookie contract, not in a very good way. It was not good the way that they didn't give him help a wide receiver. I think Lamar also could have handled this a little better as well with, you know, some of these hardball tweets and timing of stuff. And, and you know, I think the agent conversations are an- another conversation too. But at the end of the day, the Ravens are in the situation they're in right now because they did not extend Lamar back you know, in 2020. And again, we don't know how that maybe went if they even approached him about it. And if, you know, the Ravens were kind of rejected by Lamar and said, yeah, maybe I'll just, I want to play out my value a little bit. because if they extended Lamar back in 2020, when he was first eligible, we wouldn't be in this situation in the first place. The Ravens have a normal off season. They'd have a franchise quarterback on, I think a much lesser and more manageable deal. And still, I think a fair deal to Lamar at that time. And it, it just, it, it would feel a lot better than where we are right now. So let, let's stay with the Lamar contract situation a little bit. We've talked about it a ton. Let's do one or two mock drafts here that we did. We'll look at them from Twitter. We'll get into one here from Adam Moldover, who says, since Pro Football Focus Simulator is now behind a paywall, I like everyone else want the PFN 365 for this week. Traded 22 to Tampa Bay for 15 and 2024. First and a fourth. So Mazzy Smith, the defensive tackle from Michigan, is the pick at 50. Jalen Jones, the Texas AM corners at 88. Jordan McFadden, the offensive tackle from Clemson's at 138. Tank Del Wider from Houston at 157. Colby Warden Auburn defensive lineman at 162. And Max Duggan, TCU quarterback at 199. So this one, it's interesting. Mazzy Smith is a good player. I think solid value at 50. But for me, I still think wide receiver corner. So Jalen Jones, I think, is a fine pick at 88. But I think me, and I don't know who's available. If Josh Downs, if Josh Downs is there, he probably won't be. Jalen Hyatt, he probably won't be. But you know, I think for what the Ravens could get here, again, with what we know now, 
a defensive lineman. I think it could be a pick, but at the same time, the Ravens trading out of the first round, I get the value for the 24 first, but the Ravens still need a wide receiver. And I think they need a, one, especially if they don't pick one in the first and haven't done anything except for Nelson Aguilar right now. So maybe I'd take a wide receiver at 50 and then a defensive lineman at 157. But again, I don't know who was available, but the actual players I like. So I will give it a solid mock draft here from Adam. And then we'll also look at one from Ricky, who has the Ravens taking Zay Flowers, Boston College wideout at Number 22, Jonathan Mingle, Ole Miss wide receiver at 99. McClendon Curtis, offensive lineman from Chattanooga at 124. Jaquarian Bennett, corner from Maryland at 157. Nick Herbig, the edge from Wisconsin at 164. Jaquetis Bonds, the wide receiver from Hampton at 199. And Mackay Blackman, the corner from USC at 230. Zay Flower was a very popular pick this week from, from what I was able to see. I like him a lot. I think that for me, he and Jordan Addison will be available. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba and Quentin Johnston will be off the board. By the time the Ravens pick either one of those guys, I'm completely all right with. I know the size concerns or flowers are there, but I think he, he, he has potential. Very, very electric with the ball in his hands. So solid mock draft there from Ricky. And then we'll do one more here from Kiran Patel. And look at this, a, a Zay Flowers trade down. This Zay Flowers trade down. Zay Flowers in general, very popular this week. And so Baltimore trades 22 to New Orleans for 29, 71, and 146. Then trades 29 and 199 for 27. Takes Zay Flowers there at 27. Garrett Williams, the pick at 75. And the Ravens get 75 by trading 71 and around 7 in 2024 for 75 and 113. At 86, Jalen Jones, Texas A&M corner is the pick. Then Carl Brooks, the edge at 113 is a selection. Azir Abdullah, the edge from Louisville is at 146. And Aiden O'Connell, Purdue quarterback, is at 157. And then the Ravens ended up trading 124 to Buffalo for two fifth-round picks, one in 2024 and one in 2025. So, again, Zay Flowers, to me, I think a very solid. I think, to me, he is the fourth-best wide receiver in this class. I would rank Quentin Johnston. I would rank... Jackson's been the Jigba, and I would rank Jordan Addison ahead of him, but I still like him a lot as a prospect. Garrett Williams, Jalen Jones, a good corner duo in the third round there. A couple of edge guys as well. So, yeah, I like this one. I like the Zay Flowers, Garrett Williams, Jalen Jones, top three with some edge guys. Azir Abdul is one of my guys, so I, I like that pick there from Kieran. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let me get back here tomorrow. It's going to be more, more Lamar Jackson talk. going to be more Ravens talk here, so be sure to subscribe for free YouTube audio form, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.